Open your Bibles to Proverbs 31, if you would, please. If you don't, if you, have, if you can go to the sermon notes. I want to read a simple text to you today, and I want to talk about moms today. Mothers are amazing. Mothers are central to a plan that God has for all of us. I am convinced that one of the best things that ever happened to me was God's gift to me of a mother who taught me the value of loving people. She taught me the importance of caring about people and caring about ministry and caring about life. She taught me the importance of, of serving. And in this role, if we're not careful, what we get caught up in is churching. And it becomes about gathering in the building. And the last two years, we couldn't. In the last two years, we had to work our way through a big maze of emotional confusion. And so here we are, the first official day back in the building. And I wanted to celebrate how God has allowed us to de- redefine church. It's so, it was, uh, when it first happened, I was a little bit lost as to well, what we're going to do now. How are we going to do this? But we instantly went to our main game plan. We evangelize, we educate, we elevate, we embrace. We reach people. We found ways to reach people, teach people, grow people, and serve people. And we found new ways. For me, it was different because most of the time when you heard me, I was on the TV screen. And I've done television for years, so that's not a hard thing for me. But I love this. Let me be clear. I love seeing you. And I believe there's something about that moment of embrace when you see people. I sat there and I watched myself. I'm forced to do that for a lot of technical reasons. And what I saw when I saw me on a camera and when I saw me in front of you, I like myself in front of you. I like myself in front of the camera. It's fine. You got to learn to like yourself. I'm going to tell you something. If you're ever going to do this stuff, you got to learn to love you here and love you there. You can't be afraid of what you look like. One of the first things you see when you look at yourself is, I look like that. <laughs> and you feel really weird. But I've learned in these, in these years that we've been going through this season the, of the value of intimacy, the value of, of being close, but also the value of being alone. I've learned the power of isolation and how I need to know who Ricky is. And I need to be able to love him when there's nobody around. Because the truth is, I'm going to spend a lot more time alone than I am with people. And if I can't love me with just me, that's a problem. If my thoughts harass me when I'm by myself because I feel guilty or shamed, that's a problem. Intimacy, closeness is what mothers would bring or should bring. My mom was really good about that. She, I felt like her life arms were around me. I felt when I was afraid that I could go to her and I could just lay my head on her shoulder. I can still smell her. I don't know how that sounds to you. We're weird, but I can still feel those, those, that soft embrace. But her greatest gift to me, her greatest talent was telling me, one day, Ricky, you're going to have to stand alone. One day, Ricky. You're going to have to live without me. 
I won't always be here with you. And as a kid, you hear those words and you don't necessarily take them that seriously. But for those of you who lost your mom, you know exactly what that feels like. But the words that she spoke still embraced me. The truths that she taught me still embraced me. I still can feel the power of that advice she gave me. Don't live in the circle. Don't live like that, always going through the same things. Change, son. I remember all the advice she gave me. I remember the importance of education. I remember all the kind words. And I remember the stern words. I remember being afraid of her. She was little, but she was dangerous. <laughs> I remember that. And I remember her saying, I don't have time to come to your school to tell you to be quiet. So let me tell you right now, be quiet. <laughs> I will never forget that gift. And I will never forget what she modeled. She reminds me of a text, Proverbs 31. And there are several things that are listed in this text that stand out to me, that speak to me in profound ways. The series for this month, wrapped around the Mother's Day theme, really is powerful because it's what my mother taught me. She taught me that some things in life were sustainable and some things in life were not sustainable. And her goal was to make sure I, I remembered what was sustainable. And as an only child, she had one project, me. If you had, how many of you had siblings? Raise your hand. So you could defer. How many of you were only children like me? You're only one person. You know my pain then. She had nobody else to teach, to talk to, to fuss at, but me. I couldn't lie because there's only one, two of us in the house. When I lied, she knew I was lying. So for me, I now understand her main goal was to get me to live a sustainable life. She wanted me to understand that Temple, listen, there are going to be days when it's great, and there are going to be days when it's not so great. And you have to be able to survive when it's great and when it's not great. You have to learn how to have money, not have money. You have to learn how to have hope for your future. You have to learn how to dream for yourself and not wait for somebody else to dream for you. You have to learn how to tell the truth. She would always say lying is not sustainable. If you lie, you'll do what? Steal. There you go. You went to the same school I went to then. And so that's the series I want to focus on this month. But I thought Proverbs 31 would be a great Mother's Day summation of what I believe she modeled for me. Something that if you women, you mothers would model in your life, it will guarantee that you'll last. I want to you write this list down, if you will, or if you don't, just look at the notes online. Proverbs 31, verse 10 says, a wife of noble character, who can find? She's worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She selects wool and flax and works with eager hands. She's like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it is still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers the field and buys it. 
verse 16 says, out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about, an, about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her task. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff, and that's just something that you do when you, when you deal with, with uh, grain, and, and grasps the spindle with her fingers. You wouldn't know about that sewing, right? She makes linen garments, verse 24, and sells them and supplies to the merchants and, and sashes. She opens the arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. I love this, verse 21. And when it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes covering for her bed, and she's clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected almost there at the gate city, where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. She's clothed with strength, dignity. She can laugh at the, at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithfulness. faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. There are seven observations that stand out to me in those verses. Now, let me set this up by saying every mother is not married. This is not written just to married women. It's written to women, women who parent, women who oversee children women who oversee families. That's what this text is written to. Now, I want to say, I think there's some bias when people read this text. They, if a man reads it, he reads it one way. And if he's not careful, he'll only see the parts that have to do with serving people. And he will brand the role of a woman and say her main job is to serve. Men like this text God gave you a helpmate. You ain't the main one. You just help. And the emphasis is misplaced. It really means well-fitting. It doesn't mean that you're second class. Women are not second class anyway. Mothers are not second class people. So these seven things I'm going to mention to you here describe a mixture of a person. And mothers come in mixtures. Women come in mixtures. Different skills and gifts and talents. And oftentimes, those things are played down. They're not lifted up. Young girls don't often have this image in their mind that they can be these amazing people. I'm not against being a person who takes care of your kids at home, and that's your main job. I think that's an honorable job. If you don't believe it, go hire a cook and tell me it's cheap. Go hire a housekeeper and tell me it's cheap. Go hire somebody to keep your kids and tell me it's cheap. That's a whole lot of work. And oftentimes for no money. But this is more about how God wanted you to see women. How God wanted you to see your potentials. And in this, these seven things, I see my mother. I see moms in this church. I see single parents. I see married women. All of them demonstrating these gifts. These are things you should dream to be. As a young woman, you should look at this and say, I can do that. I can be that kind of person. So let me give you all seven. Number one, she loves faithfully. That's the first thing. A mother is described as one who loves faithfully. It's, you know, when you look at uh, a lot of stuff on television, you, you wonder if that's possible. Because a lot of times women are not portrayed as faithful and focused. They're tempting and alluring. 
Nothing wrong with being cute. Nothing wrong with having a little bit of, excuse me, appeal. I didn't say sex appeal, just appeal. <laughs> Make you nervous if I said that. But it's important to see that God sees the potential for a person to have noble character, it says. That that can become a goal in your life. Secondly, it says she works hard. She, she selects wool. She, she does all these amazing things. She's out there making deals happen. There's something about a person being able to go and get it done and be proud of that. How many of you women are hard workers? Raise your hand. There you go. If you're not sure, let's try it again. How many of you are hard workers? Raise your hand. If you're not, how many of you have been? Maybe you ain't now, but you used to be. I think it's nice for a young woman to look and see another woman work hard and to embrace that process. Thirdly, I love this part. She described as being entrepreneurial. She considers the field and buys it. She's a deal maker. I think it's nice, verse 16, to see an entrepreneurial person. I love that word. A person who creates business, a person who sees an opportunity. You walk by a house that's torn down, you go, hey, we need to buy that and renovate it. I mean, that's the kind of person that, that he says is a virtuous woman. Notice the, notice, the, notice the way it's portrayed in Scripture is not narrow. And what's really profound is in this culture, women were not given a lot of rights. In this culture, in the context in which Proverbs was written here, in Solomon's days, women didn't have the same rights that you have. But notice the biblical description, God's description of a woman's potential. She can be an entrepreneur. She can be a person who loves faithfully. She can be a hard worker. I love this now. She can be philanthropic. She can be a person who opens doors, verse 20 says, to the poor. A person who finds people that have needs in their lives. And they, they pour themselves into helping those people. I think that's a profound dream. Then I love verse 21. She's a planner. <laughs> oh, if you're taking notes, she loves faithfully. She works hard. She's an entrepreneur. She's philanthropic and she is a planner. I love verse 21. When it snows, she has no fear. Why? Because she's already prepared for it. I am, I am convinced that one of the smartest things I've ever learned to do is to plan ahead. One of the smartest things I've ever done is learn to do things in advance. Ladies, listen, you want to change your life? Do things in advance. Plan ahead. That is a liberating experience. I have a series I'm working on called Freedom. Can you say freedom? freedom. I am working on my question for next year. Don't tell anybody that I'm thinking about the question. Every year I try to answer one question. You want to hear a hint? I didn't hear you. Do you want to hear a hint? Here is the potential question for next year. Are you free? That's the question. Maybe. We'll see. But I'm telling you, if you pre-plan, you'll be freer. Here's the deal. You know you got to get up in the morning. Pre-plan it. Later close out the day. You know you need to get your snacks and stuff lined out. Do it today. There's something about pre-planning. And I realized dealing with Diane specifically, who's a wonderful wife whom I love and care about, she is a pre-planner. And if you don't pre-plan with her, here's what's going to happen to you. 
If Diane says she's leaving at 2 o'clock and you wait till 1.30, 1.45, she's going to, without notice, be walking out the door and you will be left behind. And that has helped me. It's inspired me. Because here's what I say to myself. She will not be dressed before me. She will not be. It's, a, it's almost a competition. I will not be the late brother. I'll say it like that. I will not be. This girl gets, I mean, and she's never late to anything. And so there's something about understanding the power of that. And here's what he says. Women, mothers, great mothers are pre-planners. Then he says this. He says she's, I love this, impactful. Do you know a good woman is an impact? Verse 23 says on those she loves, her husband is respected at the city gate. Your, your commitment as a woman brings impact to everybody around you. Those around you who are blessed. And there are guys, guys, can I get an amen to that? Amen. When a woman, that's a be, come, do better than that, come say amen. amen. When women, mothers, apply themselves, their sons are blessed, their husbands are blessed, the men around them are blessed. And then, I love this, number seven, says she's impressive. The description in verse 25 is, is, is broad. She's clothed with strength and dignity and can laugh at all, at all the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and fearful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Notice how impressive she is. Now, I want to tell you, you got to be careful, ladies, that your goal is not to be physically impressive because that's the temptation. That's the pressure that's put on you. But you're more than your looks. You're more than your, you're more than your looks. You're more than cute. You're more than some romantic moment. He says, you are a virtuous woman. And that's what a mother brings. And here's what I want you to do. Think about two things. Think about the fact that your children will carry what you give them forward. Here's why you should consider all the things he said about you. Here's why you should embrace your, your abilities and your calling and your philanthropic ability and your, all the things he just said. Here's why you should work hard. Here's why. Because her children, verse 28, arise and call her blessed. There's a legacy you leave behind. There's something that will happen because of you. I believe... The legacy of Ernestine Dilworth lives on in this room. A woman, come on, amen, the legacy of the founder of this church. A founder of this church worked hard and I believe deserves to be honored because it wasn't me who started this church. It's a mother, a mother of three. Ernestine Dilworth started this church in her home after fighting off cancer. Ernestine Dilworth started this church. She sold her house, invested the resources in this church. She sold her, her gifts, not me. And when she met me, she fell in love with me. 
She did. She liked me. She said, oh, yeah, you're all right. I like him. <laughs> Been to Bible college, piece the word, verse by verse. And I, she knew I fell in love with Diane. I was spinning to the ground. And when I told her, I called her from Charlotte. I said, you know, they got me up in Charlotte. They want me to start a church up here. But I said, no, I, I want to I wanna come to Savannah. I think that's where I want to start a church. And she said, come on, take this one. Because the mother knew. She looked at Diane and she said, that's the man right there you need right there. That's him. And then she told me, you need to come take this church. And I came. And they cheered me on from day one. A mother made that decision. She could have been difficult. She could have been hard-nosed. She could have held on to power, but she gave it all and said, go, go for it, sir. And she has prayed me through, believed in me, challenged me here and there, spoke like a mother, gave her true opinions. But I must say, if a mother named Ernestine Dilworth had not been courageous enough and mature enough to give me an opportunity, if she didn't hear God and follow God, we wouldn't be here today. Mothers, you matter. Come on, amen, you matter. I want you to stand with me. I'm five minutes over. It's a bad start. I need to learn how to end on time. <laughs> Lord, I believe with all my heart that mothers like Ernestine Dilworth make a difference. All seven of these things describe her character. She was impressive, impactful, pre-planner, philanthropic. She was entrepreneurial for sure. Good God, did she believe she could start a business <laughs> and make it work. Started Emmanuel Christian School, which made, served hundred thousands of kids over its lifetime. She worked hard. She loved faithfully. She was an inspiration to all of us. And there's a person here today that stood by her side. She's a mother too. Sandra, I know you don't like this, but I'm in charge, so come on up here for a second. Let me just see you. I want them to see you. I want them to see you. Sandra, I saw you come in. She here? I thought I did. Oh, my goodness. It's a lookalike in here somewhere. Oh, she favored me. That's why, you know, I fo you fooled me. You're not my sister-in-law. Sandra, you're watching. Jerry, Jerry fooled me, yeah. Sandra King, you sacrificed next to your mother, and I commend you. Can we give Sandra King a big hand? Father, we leave this service today understanding the power of a mother, thanking you for the gifts that mothers bring. May a mother leave this room, may a woman leave this room and feel like I can be philanthropic. I can do what that verse says I can do. And may we leave here today believing in ourselves 
I pray for the men who are behind these women. I pray for strength and grace for them. I pray for the children who are influenced by them. And I pray that every mother in here would feel your presence. If there's a mother who has not given her life to Christ, may this be the moment that they say, Jesus, today, whether I'm in the building or home, I give you my life. May they say, in the name of Jesus, I believe with all my heart that God has given me the opportunity to make a confession of Christ. I'm one of those people who left Jesus when I was between 4 and 14. By the time I was 18, I wasn't serving God. And now I need to come back to God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, and you want me to pray for you in your seat because you feel like I just need to rededicate my life or I need to give my life to God. It may be your first time or you coming back to God, whichever one it may be. I'm only going to pray for you in your seat. I want you to raise your hand. Anybody? Raise your hand. I see you. Anybody else saying pray for me, Pastor? Anybody else saying pray for me, Pastor? In the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for those who raise their hands and those who raise their hearts and those who are watching online. We pray for them that this may be the moment. Jesus, let this be a, a moment of forgiveness for them. And may these mothers, these women, these men, whoever is being touched today in this service, may they hear your word and never be the same. I give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. Did you enjoy yourself today? Thank you for coming.